Welcome, lovelies, to the Ultimate Dance Business Podcast. My name is Deborah Laws, the dance business expert. My passion is to help you turn your passion into profit while guiding you to work less and earn more. I'm super excited to share interviews with you that I know will inspire and motivate you in your schools, as well as my solo shows where I shall be sharing some great tips and strategies. So if you love the show, please do remember to review, subscribe and share it with your fellow dance boss friends. So let's get stuck into the business of dance. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Ultimate Dance Business Podcast, where I'm going to be talking a little bit about parents. Now, obviously, this is for the dance schools out there that have children. And therefore, we kind of have two lots of customers, don't we? Because the children are our customers. We need to keep them happy. But at the same time, the parents are the ones that pay. So we need to keep them happy too. If you teach just purely adults, then this is just a different set of problems. But we're kind of looking at the parent problem today. Now, I say the parent problem because I don't like to see parents as a problem because they are the ones that enable us to have a business. If it weren't for those parents that pay the bills and keep bringing their children to their dance classes year in, year out, we wouldn't have the passion business that we all have. And I think sometimes we get into a bit of a mindset where we end up kind of parent bashing quite frequently. Now, I know that we don't always keep everybody happy all of the time. It's just natural. It's human nature that there are going to be some people that are more, let's say, challenging to deal with than others. But this is kind of human nature, isn't it? And I think as soon as we start to get to the stage where we see the parents as our enemies, we are really going down a sticky road because if we can't love and be grateful for our parents, even when they are causing us challenges and not being the the easiest to deal with, keeping us awake at night, maybe even upsetting us, like when when we start to view them as just this big problem, I think we get into the wrong mindset. I've been in local kind of, um, I say local, I've been online in social media groups uh, for dance studio owners and dance teachers. And I see so many people finding parents a struggle, but outwardly kind of bashing them like mad. And in fact, I did a poll recently asking everybody what their number one challenge was in their business. And parents came out on top. In fact, that's that's why I'm doing the podcast today. So I do understand that it is a problem. They can be a problem for you. But I just want us to flip our mindset round before we even get started starting to talk about them today. Because, you know, we we, we do really need to be grateful for them too, don't we? So what types of problems do we incur? Well, one of the things that I do strongly believe is that at least some of the issues we have are actually not the parents' fault. 
I'm not saying they're always right. I'm not saying there aren't, you know, nightmare situations out there that some of you have had to face that have been dreadfully upsetting um, and not nice at all. But I'm talking about the general day to day niggles and moans that we have. I think that a lot of the time there are fabulous opportunities for us to look at ourselves, our school, the way that we deal with our customers our processes, our systems, the way we communicate. Because when you get parents that are having a little bit of a a grumble or are expressing that they're not terribly happy with something, rather than do what I've always done for many years, which is just kind of the heckles go up, I get immediately defensive about me, my school, my team. um, And I instantly kind of throw it back at them. Well, this parent hasn't read their newsletter. Oh, well, if they paid their bill on time, I wouldn't have had to have written them that email. Like we, we have this thing in us called an ego. And I don't mean it in terms of, you know, oh, we need people to tell us we're amazing. Our ego is basically the way in which we cope with life situations. And our ego generally pops in when it's trying to keep us safe. So if somebody is being a little bit attacking or not happy or criticizing you, instantly our ego wants to step in to tell us, actually, it's not us. It's not us. It's not our fault. And that will keep us safe. Therefore, we don't have to um, be upset. We don't have to look at ourselves. We don't have to change anything. Like ego is a massive protective mechanism that we all have. So if you can take the ego and just park it to one side, just for a few minutes, take all the emotion, ego and emotion are best friends, by the way, (laughs) take all the emotion out and just look at it purely from a logistics parent's point of view. Like, what is it that they were upset about? Because I found that when I was able to start doing that, I was actually able to look at myself with love, but a little bit more critically, and to really assess some of my processes and the way I dealt with parents to see if there was room for improvement. And you know what? Pretty much nine times out of 10, there was. There was something I could learn. There was something I could have done better. Because let's face it, if it's a problem for this parent, it's a problem for this parent. And if it's a problem for this one, it might well be a problem for several others that haven't spoken up. Now, from time to time, parents are wrong. They don't understand. They're not willing to understand. They're difficult people. And there's nothing wrong with what you did. And you have to just appease and move on. But what I'm saying is before you appease and move on or get defensive and upset, let's really dive into what it is and whether their complaint, their their niggle, their groan has got any legs. And when you can look at it really open-mindedly, This is when you have the best opportunity to learn and to grow. So I thought I would just share with you guys today the 
um, planners that I have produced for dance school owners because these are flying out of Amazon like hotcakes and if you don't have yours yet then all you have to do is pop to Amazon and type into the search Deborah Laws and all three books will come up. So the ultimate dance business planner I designed for you so that you had a little bit of a Deborah on your desktop. (laughs) The planners are full of business training, tips, motivational quotes, Uh, things to do at the start of the month, things to do at the end of the month, ways in which you can plan out your marketing and your retention. And they are selling all over the world. So go to Amazon, grab your number one best-selling ultimate dance business planner and enjoy mapping out the growth for your studio. So what is it that they're moaning about? Was it that you didn't give them enough notice for something? Maybe they're right. Maybe you've been so busy, and I understand how busy you are, that that newsletter did only go out three days before they needed to pay for their child's exams. Or maybe you did only give them two weeks notice to go and find a costume. And parents are super busy and they only have two hours on a Sunday morning and now they can't go and visit grandma because they've got to go to the shops because that's the only day in the next two weeks that they can go to Primark and buy this costume. (laughs) Other brands are available, by the way. (laughs) But you see what I'm saying, you know? Sometimes through our own busyness, We don't give parents enough notice and they then get terribly flustered and upset. Others are fine. Others have all the time in the world and they're like, oh, I've got two weeks to do that. It's not a problem for that super busy parent. Or maybe it's a single parent that doesn't have transport and trying to go and get to the shops and access something, you know, is a real um, a real difficulty for them. So what could it be? that you could have done better from this parent's complaint or moan or niggle? Was it that you should have given them a bit more notice? Maybe you sent out some information. I know emails are a massive problem for people, aren't they? Parents saying, I didn't read the get the email or didn't read the email. Maybe you need to do your communication in more ways than just one. Sending an email is fine. A certain amount of people will receive that. Your email servers are not always your friends. You may send out 100 emails and only 60 of them actually reach people. And you assume everybody's had it, but they honestly haven't. And sometimes it doesn't go into spam either. Even if you say, check your spam, it's not there. So some parents genuinely don't get your emails. Others are too busy to look or they have so many emails from so many different places that they have all the best intentions to go back and read it, and they don't, and then it's a week ago, and then they can't find it. So just emailing is never really enough anymore. You need to then print that out and put it on your notice board so that they might see it there. You need to maybe have somewhere where you share it in a WhatsApp group or on an app, or maybe you have 
um, a software system whereby you can send reminders and check that they've had the email. Or maybe you're going to teach your teachers to pop into the corridor and shout out, just checking that you all got the email about the show. You know, there are multiple ways that you can communicate social media, newsletters, emails, verbally, phone calls. I'm not suggesting, by the way, that you pick up the phone and tell every parent all the information that they need. But I'm just saying there are multiple ways in which we can communicate with our parents. And to be honest, you kind of need to do them all. And I know that's a real pain for you, but it's a little bit like marketing. I would never say to you, just send flyers around primary schools. That's all you need to do. Because I know that that one form of marketing isn't enough. They also need to see your flyer up in the local newsagent and they need to see your roll-up banner at the local leisure centre and they need to see you online on social media and they need to be getting emails from you. Like I say, you need at least seven forms of email of um, marketing going out before someone's likely to take action. In fact, they used to say it was seven. Apparently it's 21 now, but let's go with seven because 21 is too depressing. (laughs) So, you know, we say that you have to do all these multiple layers of marketing and, and it's the same with communicating with your parents. You can't really just do the one thing. And then, well, I spent ages writing, emailing, right. Started getting Deborah, emailing, and writing that email, why why hasn't the parent got the information? And I would say, don't be afraid to send it multiple times. I would send an email and then I would send it again two or three days later and say, I'm just dropping this in to you again because it was an important email. And I know that not everybody reads my emails the first time. Like, don't be afraid to send the same information out multiple times. Parents would rather that than not get it at all. So that's kind of tackling Um, a little bit around communication. But the other thing that I think a lot of people struggle with, and this is the other thing that I'm going to tackle today, other parent problems we'll, we'll keep for another day. But the other thing is parents messaging you at times of the day or times, days in the week that you don't fully appreciate. So I'm talking about that parent that sends you a message via Facebook at six o'clock in the morning. I've had them at midnight on a Sunday. You know, I've had them at every hour that you can imagine. I've had them at four o'clock in the morning. Like nowadays, I think people just do it while they remember it. So if they're up in the middle of the night because their child's been sick or they're breastfeeding or well, for whatever reason, they'll just think, oh, do you know what? I'll, I'll email now. I'll send that message now. They don't expect you to answer at four o'clock in the morning. Um, and if they do, let's not use that example. If you send, if they sent a message at nine o'clock on a Saturday evening, and you think, oh my gosh, you know, this is my time. This is my family time. I'm relaxing. I'm having a glass of wine. And this parent messages you and expects a reply. Then I'm afraid this is to do with your boundaries. This parent is doing that because you've allowed her to believe that that's okay. And the trouble is parents are a little bit like children. If you let them get away with something, if your boundaries are are non-existent, parents will act and behave however they want. But if you have very clearly communicated that your office hours are between nine and seven, Monday to Friday, or whatever times you want to make them, then 
don't reply outside of those hours. As tempting as it is to think, oh, I'll just answer that because if I don't, I'll forget and then I'll have to do it on Monday morning. Honestly, you're making a rod for your own back if you do that because you're telling that parent slash child that there are no boundaries. Oh, I said you can't message me after seven, but actually I'm going to I'm going to reply to you at nine. So I didn't really mean that go ahead, message me at nine. That's fine. Like you have to set your boundaries. You have to say, this is when I am available and then ignore them outside of those times. There are people that I work with, companies, individuals that I know I can message anytime. They generally get back to me. So I do. There are also people that I know come five o'clock on a Friday I am not going to hear back from them until Monday morning. And, you know, I just accept that. It's perfectly acceptable. I say to myself, fair enough, it's the weekend. It's no longer office hours. They're not in the office. I wouldn't message my solicitor on a Saturday morning and expect to reply. If I do message her, it's just to get that off my plate. But I wouldn't expect to hear back until Monday. And so I think we assume that parents expect us to be available at all hours of the day. They really don't. They will, I promise, fall into line. If you put your boundaries up, you say what they are. And if you've never had boundaries and you're thinking, oh, Deborah, this sounds amazing, but how do I go about that now? It's quite easy. You message them, you email them and you say, I am putting some new uh, boundaries in place in order to protect my personal time and my family time outside of the business. And therefore, going forwards, this is how you can contact me. And these are the times I will be available. I will not be available outside of those times to reply to messages or emails. And you stick to it, my lovelies. The minute you break that rule, your own rule, even just the once, that's it. The whole thing falls apart. People don't believe you. You've broken your own rules. Now they're going to go back to messaging you whenever you like. Now, I did this work with one of my clients recently. She found it hard. Like for years, she had been available to people whenever they wanted and always got back to people. And she felt that always getting back to people immediately was a really good sign of business and that parents love that. Well, of course they do. And who doesn't want an answer straight away? But that doesn't mean they expect it. And all she did was make a huge rod for her back, especially when she had big competition teams and big chats going on. Like she just felt so, so desperate to reply. And I made her stick to these boundaries and it took probably four to six weeks for them to really take place and to sink in. And then when I spoke to her recently, she said, I cannot believe it, but it is all stopped. People now only contact me during the times that I expressed, she said, and I've got my my weekends back. I've got my evenings back. I've got, I can go out with my husband and not be messaging somebody back in the middle of a nice meal. Like, I can't believe that they actually are respecting these new rules. So it really is down to you. It really is down to you being firm in terms of sticking to your guns and explaining what it is your boundaries are and problem solved. And I know that sounds really easy, but it actually is that easy. 
So my lovelies, we've talked about boundaries with parents today, and we've talked about communication, and we've talked about opening our minds to looking a little bit deeper, taking the emotion out, looking a bit deeper at what it is every time you get a little moan or a complaint. How can I learn? How can I grow for this? Because the more you do that, the more you get to understand your customers and the more you get to fine tune your systems so that you always get very little problems with your parents. I hope that's helped. I know there's so many other areas we could talk about in terms of parents, but that's three little things for you today. Have a great day, everybody. And I will look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast. looking to get precious time back in your life so you can make more time doing the things you love? DanceBiz is a class management and booking software from the lovely folk at ThinkSmart that will automate and streamline all your dance school admin. It's the perfect tool for all those tasks that just seem to take so long and will help you to work smarter, not harder. Message me today, folks, and I can give you a code so you can get two months free.